It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. It is time to get up with Monday Night Misery. Mr. Lawrence goes down. Will he get back up in time to save the season? We've got the latest. Meanwhile, the Cavalry is coming to Philadelphia. Will yesterday's huge news help Philly fly, Eagles fly, over Dallas on Sunday? And then, the one voice you most want to hear has spoken on what happened in college. And you aren't going to believe what he said. All that and a whole lot more is on the way. Let's do this on a Squad is in effect. Graziano, Neek, Jeff Saturday ready to go. Tim Legler will be here shortly with the NBA's in-season tournament rolling. But we begin with last night and a stunningly entertaining game between the Bengals and Jaguars with the one huge terrible moment. Let's start with Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. Their first Monday night game in 12 years. Third quarter, Jamar Chase stealing the show. Uh, he's really good. Third and short, you want to blitz. Leaves your corner on an island with one of the best receivers in football. Safety out of position. Six points. Make him mad at this. Let him know, baby. Jake Browning played very we well. Chase, 11 catches, 149 yards. Meanwhile, Parker Washington, how does he catch this? It's another outstanding defensive play. Gets in front of it. Gets your hands on it, but you got to knock it down or catch it. One or the other. Don't tip it up. Focus. Focus. Locked in right here on the offense. I see it. Washington's first NFL touchdown catch. Bengals next drive. Browning, Tyler Boyd, Jeff, worst play of the year? Absolutely. Why? Why? <laughs> what? There's more points letting the guy who throws it actually throw it. You're going to give it to a guy who doesn't throw it to throw a pick behind the line. Of, just, just why? Well, that was a bad moment, but bad. here comes the worst of them. Six minutes left in the fourth. Tied at 28. Trevor Lawrence. Star young quarterback is back and down he goes. And in a moment, we will show you the replay of why he was in this much pain and this kind of frustrated. Jeff, what did we see? It's brutal. Like when he gets stepped on, it's bad enough, and then he gets caught underneath him mm. as he falls down. I mean, the Jags, you, you, it's just devastating. You talk about going from first in your, in your conference by being out of the playoffs if you can't come back. Jaguars would then miss a field goal, which was critical, so they're down by three. C.J. Beathard in the game. Travis Etienne, 19 yards. Yes, they're in field goal range. Final minute, Brandon McManus lining up for a field goal that would try and tie it and send it to overtime. 40 seconds to go, and it's good. 31-31 to overtime we go. Jake Browning threw for 354 yards Ooh. in this game, Nick, and many of them, as mentioned, to Jamar Chase. Read the coverage for what? Find number one, put it in his direction. It's like cover three, nice tight coverage, but Jamar Chase is really good. How many times does he catch this ball? At least four times. They should count as four receptions right there, NFL. Make it fun. He's unbelievable. What a catch. His old buddy Burrow loves it from the sideline. Yeah, he said, I told you to draft that guy. <laughs> and he couldn't have been more right. It's Browning. It's T. Higgins. Don't give up on these Bengals. They keep their drive alive there, and that would set up Evan McPherson for the game-winning field goal 48 yards away. And it's good. The Bengals win it 34-31. An unbelievable night in so many ways. But, of course, the big story, the injury. Coach, what can you tell us? I don't have any information yet on Trevor. We're still evaluating him, you know, so he'll have more, um, you know, uh, tests and things done here tonight and tomorrow. So I'll probably have a better update for you tomorrow. Tomorrow, of course, is now today. We should have news hopefully shortly for you on Trevor Lawrence, and we will root for the best. In the meantime, Cincinnati with the massive win, stopping a three-game losing streak. They're 500. They're just one game out of a wild card. The Jaguars... 
had a chance to be the one seed when the day began. Now, if they lose Lawrence for a significant period of time, they could fall out of the playoff picture entirely. Much more on the top of the AFC as we go. But to the other huge move in the NFL yesterday, Philadelphia, the Eagles still picking up the pieces from Sunday when they allowed San Francisco 42 points, including touchdowns on six consecutive possessions to end the game. The 49ers were able to do whatever they wanted through the air, throwing for 314 yards, 68% of those coming after the catch with receivers running free in the secondary. The 23-point loss has changed the Eagles' chances to earn the number one seed. Before the game, our analytics had it at 74%. Now it's 49%. And like the numbers, Rex Ryan, yesterday here on Get Up, has his doubts. Niners have that knockout punch. They can obliterate you, and that's what they did. Philly has been living on close games, winning because of championship medal, Look at that getting stat. down into the fourth quarter of games, and that's how they win. I'm sorry, that's not a look of a Super Bowl team. Not the look of a Super Bowl team, says Rex Ryan. What says Jeff Saturday? Uh, overreaction? Is it too early for overreaction? We'll have overreactions I mean, in a minute. We're, we're going to – listen, this team has – I mean, think about what they've done. They beat Kansas City. They beat Miami. They beat Dallas. They beat Buffalo. They played on 13 days. They played 92 snaps against Buffalo. They come back on a short week compared to a team that was off 10 days, and it was 13-6 at half. The second half, they got dog walked. I get it, right? They weren't physical. They weren't losing. They're exhausted, bro. You play three games in 13, in, in 13 days and put the level of competition they played. Let's not write off the Eagles right now. By the way, been very physical most of the season and found ways to win against very good teams. And all of a sudden, we're going to write them off because they play a bad game. I'm not in for that. Graziano, so, so, so help us because you're always the voice of reason. So I got oh. Philly fans up in my mentions t- tweeting literally, Sirianni sucks. Oh. I, 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 this is what I'm hearing from a team that has the best record in the National yes. Football League by themselves, 10-2. And, and as he pointed out, they've beaten every good team on their schedule in the last six weeks, and then they ran into a buzzsaw. How concerned should the Philly fan be? Well, I don't think as concerned as, as, as Rex. And Rex's take was reasoned, right? He's saying, like, look, they look like a championship team that's tough enough to beat you when they don't have their best stuff which is what Philly has kind of been over the last month or so because I don't even think the, the most hardcore Eagle fan would argue that the defense looks like it did last year. It doesn't. Sure. And, and so, but they're, they're, they're finding ways to win. It is not writing them off yeah. to say San Francisco is better. You could be the second-best team in the NFL right now and still not be as good as San Francisco. So I think the Eagles know what their issues are. They know what they have to do to fix them. They bring in a guy yesterday, right? They signed Shaq Leonard, the former Colts linebacker, to help stabilize things on defense, and I think that will help to some extent. But they need to be better. They need to be sharper. They know this, and they need, they need to be better and sharper this coming week. And Rex made the point multiple times yesterday as well. We paid a lot more attention to the Eagles losing their offensive coordinator than we did their defensive coordinator. But Rex was very critical on that side of the ball. And so now, as Dan mentions, they add Shaq Leonard. How much of a difference can that make? He is an an electric athlete and a very smart football player. I think it can make a difference. It's going to address some of the issues that the 49ers like to pick on linebackers. But it's not going to solve all their problems. And to Jeff's point, I think throwing the Eagles out is not what we're doing. But accepting that it wasn't just last week. Yeah. that we're reacting to. If it was just last week, I think the rest and the 49ers having a grudge and all that stuff is something that matters. But they've had issues all season.
season long to the point you are making. I think a lot of it is about not just losing coordinators on both sides, but the other coaches that go with them have to go also. And this team has been through a lot. So I think it's fair to say that they are not head and shoulders above everyone else like they were last year. They're in the mix and they, they haven't. Um, they haven't beaten the 49ers this season, so it right. feels like the 49ers are in front of them. Yeah, listen, I, I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFL right now, but we, we had talked about that the week before. But the issue is you looked at the 49ers had explosive plays in the middle of the field, right? Debo takes that thing and goes, a little short pass and takes it vertical. Then they throw the screen pass. Same thing, he takes that thing and goes vertical, right, and goes scores. The, the Eagles have to solve the explosive uh, the explosive plays issue, right? Because that's what they didn't do last year that they're giving up. But you looked at the week before with the Bills, they had them at third and six and, and longer a ton. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all of a sudden, Josh Allen makes all these plays with his legs to extend drives, right? They got to get off the field on third down. But these are, these are things that you go back in the film, and they are correctable. It's not, it's not like they're just getting out, but they have to figure that part. I get it. San Fran played a, a great football game. They're a very good football team, the best in the league right now. But the Eagles can compete with the 49ers. I mean, every, everybody's mistakes are correctable. The problem is they haven't corrected them. Like, these are, they've been winning games, but these mistakes have been existing for the entirety of this season. That's why they went and got Kevin Byard. That's why they went and got Shaquille Leonard. So I, uh, they recognize right. these issues are not just like, let's get in the film room. These are like – Okay, but let me ask you this. Had they scored touchdowns, their first two drives. We're looking at a different game. Perfect. That's what I'm saying. So, so their offense didn't keep up with what did, would, would have taken pressure off the defense as well. This doesn't just go to one side of the football is what right, I'm saying. Because if they score the touchdowns with the opening two drives, when San Fran can't get out of their own way, it is a totally different game. That's, just, that's the NFL. So if they had scored touchdowns at the beginning, it would have been different. What did you say about if or in our promo? If, if was the fifth, we all <laughs> be drunk. Instead, everyone in Philly is drunk now, and they want to fire everybody. And, they're all upset. and this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Here's what I will say to you, Dan Graziano. If the Eagles beat the Cowboys this Sunday, Mm -hmm. they will be the one seed in the NFC for certain. They still have coming up the Giants twice, Arizona, and a game at Seattle that let's at best, let's call that a pick I would say the Eagles should win that one as well. Yeah, they certainly the should beat three. the Giants twice yeah. and Arizona. They have a one-game advantage right yeah. now on both Dallas and San Francisco and the Lions, actually, who also are 9-3. and three. If they beat the Cowboys this Sunday, then the, as Sal Palantonio loves to say, the road to the Super Bowl will once again go through the concrete jungle. Yes, if that, that is true. I believe that to be the case because, again, th- that schedule gives them a chance to work some things out in terms of what they need to work at. And the offense, to your point, will get healthier – Dallas Goddard could be back this week, yep. if not likely next week. So that'll be a big help, too. But you know, your if is an if, like a capital I, capital F, because the Cowboys are playing great. The Cowboys played them toe-to-toe in Philadelphia a few weeks ago, and the Cowboys are undefeated at home this year. The so other, they haven't won that game yet. The other big if is about Jalen's knee or Jalen's concussion and Jalen's health. Like, that is an integral part to why that offense was as good as it was last year. They aren't doing as many design runs, and we saw right. they put away some big games, including the Bills game, with design runs from the quarterback. Agreed. These are scrambles. These are different yeah. than the design runs that they need to um, compromise the defense and make them really concerned and it allows them to attack down the field with AJ. The design runs they still have in for him are ones where he gets one yard and he has to collide with 30 other people. Yeah. Like, right? I mean, like that, 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 yeah. that can't be helping yeah. those issues you're talking about. As the morning continues, we should talk more about, oh, by the way, the 49ers are suddenly the best team in the Ooh. NFL, right? Their quarterback Ooh. is currently the leading candidate for MVP in the league. McCaffrey looks spectacular. Debo Samuel cool. is electric with the ball in his hands as any yes. receiver in the entire sport. The 49 and the defense is Ooh. right. The 49ers are easily 
the most complete, when healthy, yes. the most complete yeah. team in the National Football League, yes? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, listen, they are the most explosive offense. That's the hard part is there's not one part of their game that you can take away. Like, you think about the Eagles back, and everybody's shutting down Brown. Okay, we'll go to Devontae Smith. Right now, you look you look at the 49ers, it can be Kittle, Ayuk, it can be Debo Samuel, it can be McCaffrey. Yep. Like, the, the names go on and on. That, that's they, tough to stop. They have incredible, exceptional athletes on the offensive side of the ball. They need to be healthy. And it yeah, seems like they're never, never healthy at the right time at the end of the season because their offense is predicated on those special players being able to do special things. There is one man, however, who lurks in the distance who could wind up changing absolutely everything. Perhaps you've heard of him. His name is Rain Dakota Prescott. Coming up, how much pressure is there on desk to beat the Eagles on Sunday? It is the biggest game of the year. Is it the biggest game of his career? Our crew is divided. We'll talk about it as we continue. Plus, it's a love story in Green Bay. Baby, just say yes. Is Jordan on the verge of stardom? Are the Packers a sneaky, dangerous team right now? We're talking about it next. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're back 
Mike on Get Up. Frequently on Tuesdays, we have RG3 here in studio. He's not here today because he's busy drying off. Um, <laughs> did you guys see this? Oh! Yeah. It, remi- it reminded me that he's supposed to be jumping in the East River because Gronk didn't come back last Let him year. know. He is. Is that a lifeguard? Are they concerned that people? It's Michelle. He could just stand up. No, there's somebody sitting in a chair. Maybe it's somebody with like some. Let me just say this. They got some medication hey. for whatever illness you catch from putting your face in that water. He should have taken them wow. shoes off. Though. That's a lot of money. If he, goes, <laughs> if he goes in the East River, he better take them shoes off. I think it'll never be the same. Man. That's RG3, real money. there last night is the Bengals. <laughs> Man's an entertainer. Beat the Jaguars in overtime. That's where we began. In the meantime, you prefaced it. How about you? Tuesday, overreactions with Dan Graziano. I'll say something that I think people are saying. You tell us if it's an overreaction. If I said the Steelers are going to miss the playoffs, is that an overreaction? No, they're terrible, and they lost to Arizona, <laughs> uh, and they have the well, they have the Patriots on Thursday. They should win that. But without Kenny Pickett here for a couple of weeks, I think they're going to struggle. Oh, I, I think somebody, somebody from that pack behind him, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, somebody's going to run them down for Pickett a playoff. Lighten it up. I think the total on that game Thursday night is like 31. And, and I'm half. taking the under. It's, what do you guys think? I mean, right now, I think they're the fourth seed, in the, or the fifth seed, yeah. the first wild card based on their record. They're, you are what your record says yeah. you are. There's they're going to win four of, more games. Too. There's five games left. Did they're they going to win four. I'm told <laughs> now it's 30. The total is 30. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's that's a low total, and I also think, yeah. that could be a that, low total that, viewership. No, no, no. That's Thursday I'll night. be watching. Yeah, Belichick said he didn't even know how to get the Thursday game, right? <laughs> about that streaming? No way. Uh, Next one. If I said or people are saying Tyreek Hill should be the MVP of the league, is that an overreaction? It is not. I mean, I've seen two of his last three games with my own eyes, including this debacle uh, on Sunday. Uh, He is the difference maker in that offense. No shade against Tua Tungo-Vailoa, who's having a great year. But I don't think anything works as brilliantly with the Dolphins if this guy's not out there opening things up for everybody else and, and the things he can do with the ball. I, I, in a year where there's yes. no quarterback separating himself, right, like really distancing himself, I think it's possible if he breaks it, that record. I mean, and he, yes, and he's on pace to hit a milestone that's never happened before. 2,000 yards yeah. as a receiver. He can do it in 16 games or 17 oh, games. It doesn't Lord. matter. The, the season should be commemorated with a big damn trophy for that. Agreed. I, I, I agree with what Graziano said. It's not a year where any of the quarterbacks right. is running away and hiding. He also had by far the best celebration of the season. That roller coaster, roller coaster was my one. favorite one. All right, let me give you one more. Let's do it. If people are saying Jordan Love is going to wind up winning more Super Bowls in Green Bay than Favre or Rodgers, is that an overreaction? It's an overreaction. Oh, my God. It's the definition of an overreaction. Well, I mean, I would only require two, right? Right. Right. So, look, I think it's worth pointing out that the Packers, you know, developmental plan is probably pretty solid, right? If we go back a month or so, it looked like this guy might not be the answer. Now it looks like he might be. They're bringing him along at the rate that they like. And, you know, for him to have a... 12-year career there, I don't think is far-fetched. Well, look, let's put it this way. They are unbeatable in the month of December. Since Matt LaFleur took over, Green Bay a perfect 16-0, winning by 10 points per game. They also have the easiest schedule remaining of any team in the NFL this season. Somebody needs to figure out that formula. You need to call Connor Stallions or somebody to get (laughs) to understand how they evaluate quarterbacks over there because everyone else is always looking, and they're just like, hey, Aaron, I like that. Okay, cool. Again, Jordan. And they're right on the first pick in back-to-back times. And 
Brett Favre was a different situation. The way they evaluate quarterbacks is as as projects, right? Like, this guy's going to be better in year three in our system than he would be in year one, and they have the ability the last two times, it's a small sample size, to to do the waiting. I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers. These guys with with help, too, which which matters. So so, so should they be? Should they be taking a victory lap right now? If you're you're the leadership there, if you're LaFleur, if you're Brian Gutekunst, should you be saying, hey, everybody ripped us, everybody made fun of us, everybody said we were the worst, and look at us now. This is how they operate. We've talked about this for years on this show, right? Do they need to go make a trade? Do they need to make a big splash in the first round? This is the way they operate. Since, since the turn of the century, two teams have won more games, right? The Patriots and the Steelers. Since the turn of, of 2010, two teams have won more games. Like, they're always right there. And, you know, we can talk about should they have won more Super Bowls with Favre? Should they have won more Super Bowls with Rodgers? Winning Super Bowls hard, yeah. right? And Brady right. ruined it for everybody. Yeah. And now everybody thinks they're supposed to win six or seven. The fact of the matter is the Packers have the youngest team in the league and are a better December team than they were a September and October team. And that, to me, is what you're supposed to do, right? Like get better as the season goes along? I think it all in how, in how you, you know, evaluate it. If you're evaluating on Super Bowls, you go, uh, I mean, maybe. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're bringing this guy on. They're 500 or game. So, yeah, are they going to be in the mix? They're going to be in the mix. But are they going to be the front runner? Or you can go get a Tom Brady or a, or a Peyton Manning in Denver or a Tom Brady. Or you can go get a Matt Stafford in, in, in the Rams and go win them. It's it's all about what you want, right? Like they they definitely develop players to, to give yeah. them credit. They're developing want, paper, you, but, but that's want, the deal. What you want is a chance. Yes. And they've had a chance just about every year. They lost yes. in the conference championship twice. Okay. They lost in the divisional round twice. And I think that some of those things you can chalk up to maybe if they would have gotten someone other than Jordan Love, it would have been a difference maker. But th- their quarterback went on to win back-to-back MVPs. After that, well, that, but that's what I would say. I would say that it, it all depends on the way you could. Because if you're talking about could you have given Aaron Rodgers more or what could have happened differently, that would be the question. Because, again, you did all those things. You have this record. The Hall of Fame quarterback matters. You're always in the conversation because right. that dude's really good Which is why and has been really good for 18 years. So let's that, not, that changes all the fray, right? I'm with you. Let's not relitigate any of that right. anymore. Right now, Jordan Love, fill in the blank. Right now, the Green Bay Pack, Jordan Love is what? Their quarterback of the future. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. I think that he's done enough. There, It was a rough start, but he's done enough in the way that that offense operates. He operates it excellently, especially out of the play action. Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love, I do think, is a match made in heaven, and they will be together for an extended period of time, and he's going to get his money soon. Very important to remember, they're all growing together. Right. Every receiver and tight end on that team is in either his first or second season in the NFL. That's right. They're all coming together. They're rebuilding the, the, the right way. That I will give them credit for because you're taking your lumps. You're a 500 team who's going to the easiest point. You're going to win 10 games, right? Maybe 11 games. So you're going to win these oh. games. You're going to walk in this with the youngest team in win football. That's 10, 11 in your rebuilding year? That's yeah, huge. Solid. By the way. If everything holds the way right now it projects to, they would play a playoff game at Detroit Ooh. where they just won yes, they did. on Thanksgiving. Keep a close and eye put a beat down. on the Green Bay Packers. A reminder, ESPN Bet is the official sports book of ESPN. For exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities, like me. Sign up for the ESPN <laughs> Bet app. All users get $200 in bonus bets after making any sports book bet. Download the app. Sign up today. What a play. Coming up, I talked about it. Dak's revenge. Is he about to torch the Eagles' defense? Is Sunday a must-win? Neek and Jeff and Graz all disagree. We've got a lot to say. And then, did you hear what Florida State legend Deion Sanders had to say about the Seminole snub? You will, and it will surprise you. 
on the way. Get up on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com i think about tony colton tony had spirit like you couldn't believe tony passed away and i was at his bedside at the hospital when he was terminally ill and he whispered, Mr. V, please help those kids. Don't let them suffer like me. And I said, Tony, to my last breath, I will beg and plead for dollars. So people out there go to V.org and make a donation. The best thing we do at ESPN, there's nothing we're all more proud of. V Week at ESPN. Please join the fight against cancer. Visit V.org slash donate. We continue bottom of the hour here on Get Up. The next game is called Believe It or Not. So, Jeffrey, if I said Russell Wilson and the Broncos are going to miss the playoffs, believe it or not? Believe it. (laughs) Last week was huge for them, and they they did not make it happen. Picked off in the end zone at the end of the game. That that was a must win for them. And listen, they played as well as they could play to win the five to get themselves back into contention. Uh, unfortunately, they're going to just miss the playoffs this season. I don't know. That AFC, there's a lot of teams. A Colts. Lot of room. The Colts. Colts could That's still right. be that. as well. Dominique, if I said Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense can be fixed, believe it or not? I would say not. I, I think that their offense can be good enough because their defense is so strong and Patrick Mahomes is special. But the problems with their offense have been persisting the entire season. There's no reason to believe that the receivers are suddenly going to consistently be on the same page with Patrick Mahomes or going to start learning how to catch the ball every time it's thrown to him. And then finally, Graz, if I said the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the NFC East, believe it or not, I believe it. You guys are, what? You guys are too negative. Yeah, no, <laughs> not, not, not. The Cowboys can win the NFC East. They're a game behind the Eagles. They play the Eagles this week at home where they're unbeaten this year. No one's playing quarterback right now better than Dak Prescott. They are poised to overtake the Eagles. Can anyone at this table tell me how long it's been since the same team won the NFC East? Two years in a row. 20, 20 years. 20 years. 19. But everyone can tell you that. <laughs> everyone. Because you bring it up you every, every week. week. But here's the point. <laughs> Try to help the people. And, and, and so, again, it would, the Cowboys would continue that trend. Yes. The Eagles, Eagles won, won the last year. I don't winners think the Giants year are I'm going I'm I'm to post something to you, gentlemen. Uh, here's what I'm going to say. Dak Prescott is all about moments. Marcus sat right here before the season began and said that. It's not about whether he can play or not. We all know he can play. And right now, he's playing perhaps at an MVP level. If he wins this Sunday, 
I believe he will become the MVP frontrunner right. in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Sure. But more is at stake than that. It feels like something bigger. He needs a win like this. They almost beat Philly last time. They could have beat Philly. Maybe should have beat Philly. They were inches away on two different occasions. Steps out. They got blown out by San Francisco. This feels like the biggest regular season game, at least from a perception standpoint, that we have seen Dak play. I can get on board with you. I'll say this about the game. Their team needs this win. Dak needs it. This team needs it for their psyche, right? Is This is – they had an opportunity. They didn't quite get it done in Philly, right? They get on this hot streak. Dak's playing as well as they can. Everybody's feeling good in Dallas. The worst thing that could happen is to Philly come into your house and put a beat down on you. So as you look at this football game, and they have a they have a gauntlet of a schedule after this game. So they this is a to me it's a must win for your reasons, but for their psyche of their team. It only matters if they lose. I want to get on board with you, but I've seen this happen to Dak too many right. times. It's like, yes. well, he has to do this before we put him in this category, and then he does it, and then we move the goalposts. Yeah. Dak needs to win in like the divisional round, get to the championship round, win in that situation before I think we put it to bed. If he wins this week, if he loses this week, then the story of that keeps going. If he wins this week, people are going to say, do it in the playoffs. Well, I'll pick it up with you there. Because I think if there's one thing we have seen, that both the Cowboys and Eagles should have one goal and one goal only in mind, and that is stay the heck away from San Francisco. Oh. And so the best way to do that is to win the division, right? Yeah. You stay as far away from the 49ers as long as you can and hope something else derails them. Injury, upset, or whatever it might be. You don't want any part of San Francisco until you have to. No, and I mean, obviously, that's not the way they're going to think because I'm sure they believe they can beat them. But the fact of the matter is I have no evidence having, whatsoever that suggests none. they can. Having the Neither. home games matters. Having the bye matters. And there's no matters. way you're going to do that without winning the division. To the point about Dak, we have seen Dak Prescott and the Cowboys beat the Eagles in a late season game in a game that, that helped determine the division. He's done that before, right? So Dominique is absolutely correct. He has to win in the second or third round of the playoffs to change the conversation about him. The best path for Dallas is to, to, to do that is to win this week, and that starts them on their way. I got to say this. After they, I talk to people there a lot. After they lost to San Francisco, the building was kind of down. They were like, we thought we'd be better positioned to play that game. And after they lost to the Eagles, they were feeling pretty good. They felt like they played a really good game, could have won it, and, and obviously that confidence has followed them since. I think that... Right now, they go into this game feeling extremely good about their chances, probably feeling better about their team right now than the Eagles do about them. Is there something to be said? You're a guy wow. who knows about championship teams. The Eagles lost bad. You played on them, and you know what it's like to be on, on part of a great team. Is there something to be said for bottoming out? That game against San Francisco, Absolutely. it looked over. And from th- literally from that moment yeah. forward, they haven't looked like the same Yeah, because you stop believing the press, right? Like you stop believing what everybody, oh, you're so good at this year. And you look at yourself and go, you know what? We got to go play. We got to go We got to go evaluate ourselves and not worry about everybody else. Let's go play our style of football. It just it brings everybody back in and their perspectives change. Because, again, when you take a bad loss like that, you go, man, we're really not as good as – and it, it just kind of t- – it just – knocks the dust off, in my opinion. And all great teams got to find it. Look, San Fran lost three games in a row, man. Yep. Like, all of a sudden, you hit the bottom, you go, wow, we're really, we can play bad and get beat. We better figure this thing out in a hurry. Yeah, people say that you can learn from wins, too, but it's hard. You can't fake urgency. That's and exactly right. there's a different right. level of motivation after you get your butt whipped. You wake up in the next morning like, I got to get better. If yeah. you win in that situation, it's a little harder to put in that extra time. Cowboys, 
Eagles sets up to be the biggest game of the season so far. Meanwhile, you're going to hear from Deion Sanders on Florida State coming up in just a few minutes. But first, the NBA in-season tournament continues. Quarterfinal action. Get me Tim Legler. Celtics, Pacers, Jason Tatum versus Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, was Halliburton spectacular last night. Four minutes to go. Pacers down by one, and Tyrese got it going. Yeah, going to that step back three was a weapon the entire night. Gets separation from Drew Holiday. And bangs a three right there. Huge shot for the Pacers. That's his dad. He loves it. Meanwhile, Jason Tatum had 32. Yeah, he was operating and cooking. They were allowing him to play straight up one-on-one. They were trying to take away the three-point shot from role players. It worked for the most part. How about a four-point play for Halliburton? Look at him sizing up and then drawing the foul. Again, gets the switch, and Jalen Brown tries to get out there late. Maybe the biggest shot of the night. Dad loves it. Four-point play. Celtics now down seven. Pacers turning defense into offense. It's Halliburton with the steal. Here comes Aaron. Don't call me James Neesmith. Halliburton with a triple-double. First of his career. 26 points, 13 assists, 10 rebounds. Pacers win. They advance to the semifinals of this inaugural in-season tournament. So half the semis are set. Uh, The Pacers from the East will play the winner of Milwaukee and the Knicks. On the other side, the Pelicans, who are playing great, beat Sacramento. They will play the winner of the Suns and Lakers tonight. And so welcome in, Tim Legler. Always a pleasure to see you. Let's talk about the Lakers and the Suns who go out of tonight, because this is a game, A, of course, the in-season tournament, the implications, but B, you also start looking down the line at two teams we expect a lot from. What do we expect from the Lakers? Well, I think the Lakers right now are a team maybe a little bit more equipped for a real championship run until we see the Suns at full strength because I'm concerned about the Suns' defense. I'm concerned about their lack of size. The Lakers have a team that can play two different styles. They can play faster. They've got a little bit more three-point shooting this year. D'Angelo Russell is playing the best he has played since he got to L.A. Of course, you obviously have LeBron and AD, but they can also play a slow-down half-court game where they beat you up with their size and physicality. And in looking at this game, that is where you expect the Lakers to have the main advantage. And look, how many times have we said it? It comes down to the guy in the middle, Anthony Davis. Right? Does, he, does he arrive at the arena with the mindset to do damage? Or does he look at it like, I have a game tonight? All right, there's two different ways that Anthony Davis can get himself going. When he comes with the intent on doing damage to somebody's front line, he is a difference maker for the Lakers, and he makes them look like a championship contender. And I have a feeling we'll be talking about Anthony Davis again at the start of whatever show we do tomorrow <laughs> after this game. It's just the way it is with the Lakers. I think that's fair and reasonable. So we know them, and we know what we get from the guy on the left. We know what we get from one of the guys on the other side, and, of course, that's Kevin Durant, who's been terrific. But this big three they put together, we just never see it. What do we say about this group right now in the desert? We are going to need to see this for an extended period of time before we make any sort of judgment on it. We know know how good Kevin Durant and Booker have been together. And, And look, they might be so good offensively when they get Bradley Beal back, they can overcome some of the issues they're going to have defensively and some of the issues they're going to have maybe from a rebounding standpoint. Because if you have three guys that good offensively, you can always have two elite offensive players on the floor at any time if you stagger their minutes. I think that's the luxury that Frank Vogel is going to have. But we don't know yet what the rhythm and flow looks like because they haven't been on the court. And now, you know, Bradley Beal, it sounded like he was day-to-day. And all of a sudden, it's like, no, it's going to be a while. That's a little bit concerning. Still plenty of time left in the season. So as long as we get an extended stretch, you know, at least 20 games together, you can make a determination on where the Suns rank in the West relative to the Lakers and Nuggets. That's really what this is about. How many times 
Have we had a conversation in the last few years about a team involving Kevin Durant in which we said, well, if we ever see them together for an extended period of time, <laughs> then who knows how good they might be. It's got to be frustrating for a guy who generally does show up. All right, so if I told you I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. I told you right now, we're going to see Lakers-Suns tonight. You know, a little different stakes with this in-season tournament and everything else. If I told you one of these two teams is coming out of the West this year, at the end of all of it, which one would you put your money on? Right now, you'd have to go with the Lakers. And I just think the matchup with the Nuggets is better right now than what the Suns are going to present, particularly when you look at, at Jokic. You know, Anthony Davis, like you're not stopping him, you're not slowing him down. I know they got swept by the Nuggets last year in the postseason. But Anthony Davis represents at least a more legitimate challenge to Jokic than anything that the Phoenix Suns have so just from the front line standpoint you'd have to say the Lakers possession slow down give me the team that's got more physicality but again I reserve the, the, the right to change my mind on this once I see what it looks like with Bradley Beal because you're talking about a team that potentially could be one of the greatest offensive machines this league has ever seen and mm -hmm. if that's the case I don't know that you need to be elite defensively anymore to potentially win a championship that's not the way the league is set up. It's set up to value scorers, and that's what Phoenix can put on the floor, unlike any other team in this league, but we just haven't seen it, Granny. Good to have you here. Yeah. Stick around. Good Stay close. Much more from Legs as we continue. And a reminder, we got a good doubleheader coming your way on Wednesday. Spurs, T-Wolves, 730 Eastern. Then the defending champs take on the Clippers. Coverage starts with Countdown, 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up, the one voice you most want to hear has spoken on what happened in college football, and you aren't going to believe what he had to say. We'll dive into that. Heather and Paul will jump into the fray. Oh, this should get spicy. Next, get up on ESPN. All right, back on Get Up, and the reverberations continue to be felt across the world of sports from the reaction to the stunning decision by the College Football Committee to exclude unbeaten Florida State from the playoff. Yesterday, Seminoles legend Deion Sanders had this to say on Good Morning America. Coach Norvell did a great job of handling it and uh, speaking his voice. But you got to understand big market football. I mean, it, you're not going to have a college football playoff without Nick Saban, the, the, the godfather, in uh, the Alabama team, you, it's tough. Huh. Did he just say the quiet part out loud? One wonders. There's Heather and here's <laughs> Sir Paul. Before I get to Heather with an outstanding piece on ESPN.com with all of the insight from inside that room, just quickly, Paul, what is your reaction to what Deion Sanders said? Mostly entertained, but there is some truth in that entertainment, Greeny. A couple of things that most of you probably know, but Deion Sanders, of course, is probably the most famous player to ever participate in Tallahassee at FSU. He wanted to be the coach there, but they chose Mike Norvell. That's one part of it. On the other side, he and Nick Saban are close friends. They do athletic commercials together. Mm -hmm. But uh, those are the facts. Uh, the, the, we don't know what the real truth is in terms of what that committee thought, but I think Dion's zeroing in on Nick Saban as the godfather of college football probably didn't hurt their decision. Right, but then let's go to Heather, because everything that you want to know about what happened inside that room, she has up and an outstanding piece on ESPN.com. Recommended, in fact, required reading. Heather, what are the most important <laughs> things for people who want to know what happened in that room? Thank you, Greeny. I appreciate those kind words. Um, people need to know why Florida State 
was number five, period. And the reason for that is because they averaged 3.4 yards per play against Louisville. And the score was tied at three in the third quarter while Alabama was beating the committee's number one team. And so the selection committee watched football games together and saw how they unfolded and then resorted to their protocol, which allowed them to look forward and ask the question, can Florida State win a national title without Jordan Travis? And the answer in the room after voting multiple times and agonizing over the decision was no. There are coaches in the room around the table who asked the question, how do we think they would fare against Washington, against Alabama, <clears throat> against Texas, against Michigan? And they came to that decision. That injury, that offensive performance on a day when it mattered the most, coupled with what Alabama did, is why they were left out of the playoff. I want to read one quote from your piece, and it is this. A source told you, quote, people may not believe it, but we don't say, oh, gosh, if we vote this way, the SEC is going to be left out. That never came up, ever. We literally look at teams, put them up against each other, and say, who did they beat? Who did they not beat? Who have they beaten on the road? What's their strength of schedule? Look at the matrix and all of the data. Uh, Heather, they're obviously aware when they make this decision that there was going to be an enormous amount of reaction. But what more can you tell us about that? All the things that Dion is saying went into it, all the things that we know so many people believe went into it, the committee is telling us none of that went into it. Greeny, people don't trust what they cannot see. And if you and I were sitting next to each other in that selection committee meeting room as committee members, this process is so secretive that I would not even know how you voted and vice versa. So without the ability to be transparent and explain thoroughly how this process works, you wind up with outrage instead of disappointment only. You end up with fist banging and conspiracy theories, which is what we have, which is why Deion Sanders is saying things like Alabama can't be left out of the playoff when last year Alabama was left out of the playoff. So, so you yeah. have emotions and outrage. <clears throat> I get it. And, and that's right. And, and, but so, Paul, I must ask you the question. And again, I, I strongly advise anyone interested in the story to read Heather's piece on ESPN.com. But, Paul, I will just ask you as directly as can be asked. They're going to tell you Nick Saban's stature, the SEC's importance, all of that stuff did not factor into our decision. Do you, Paul Feinbaum, believe that? I think it probably did, but, but Greeny, the thing that, that irritates me, as I heard Heather report what she understood when down in the, on that committee, is how big of a charade it is that this committee, who has the most important decision of the year in college football, is not transparent. What are they hiding? Why can't we know how each individual votes on the final vote of the year? It's absurd not to. This is, this is America, after all, and we would like to know it. And, and Greeny... 
since we're not going to know, I'm going to give you what I think really happened. And Heather mm -hmm. uh, did the reporting, but I'm giving you an opinion. I think the first vote was Florida State number six behind Georgia. And they got in the room and they said, well, we don't want to embarrass the ACC, so let's swap those. Because had they left Georgia at number five, this would not be going on. It would be clear Alabama beat Georgia. But instead, they acted like a committee acts. And any of us who have been on committees know how stupid those committees are. That is well said. Well, let me bring it out to my group here. Everyone is chomping at the bit to get in. For what it's worth, our strength of record metric, we do metrics, we have analytics, our strength of record metrics had um, Florida State 3, Alabama 4, and Texas 5. Mm. That's the way our computers would have ranked the seasons that each of these teams had. Take that for whatever it is worth. I will start with the, the ACC graduate here from North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey, give me a take. It, it, it's, it's hard to deal with it, but it's business, and they made the right call. And at the end of the day, them being undefeated without their starting quarterback and going to play any of these four teams, you wouldn't favor them against any of the four teams. You won't favor them against Georgia, but I agree 100% with Paul. If, if they were playing neutral, whatever, everybody's playing Georgia versus Florida State, you would put them as 14-point favorites, right? So They are 14-point so, favorites. So that's what I'm saying. But, it wouldn't, but I'm saying they, and they're six and they're five. Like, at the end of the day – when you don't have your starting quarterback and you're going to play those, they wouldn't be favored against any of the four. And they, that's a business, man. It's a business. Who cares what you think is going to happen? Like, this the whole – if you want to project <laughs> who's going to win, then why do we have a season at all? Let's just all get the committee together and name a national champion before the season starts. This is absurd. If you want to go through and say that, what do you think is going to happen? Some of our greatest sports memories are a result of an underdog getting an upset. We don't know what Florida State would happen for a state. I wouldn't bet my palatial estate on them, but I think that what they have done means that they should be in the playoff. I think if you look at anyone else, the other teams that, are, that were on the bubble, you can look at all those teams and say, you should have done this better. Alabama, you shouldn't have lost to Texas. Texas, you should have beat Oklahoma. Georgia, you shouldn't have lost to Alabama. You can go to Florida State, and there's nothing you can say to them other than don't break your leg. <laughs> and that, to me, is absurd. They won all of their games. They won a major conference. They, like, their strength of schedule or strength of record was better than everyone else. But, to me, it's uh, about you guys are making a TV show, which is fine, yes. but that degrades the integrity of the game if we are going to pretend that sports Listen, is about being a meritocracy. But there, there is not. That's the problem. There is. You had. You have a four-team playoff with five power, power five conferences, so? and they're always picking who they think is better and who's right. not yeah. as good. They do it the whole season. This wasn't the brand new one. They do it every week, and you fall in love with those rankings every week, bro. Quick take from Graz. Go. The average score of the semifinals in the history of the college football playoffs is 40 to 21. I think this is a committee that has strong incentive to avoid a 40 to 21 game, and I think that's probably something that's in and their that's mind. That's not okay. business. Heather, final word. Anything else? We're, anything we're leaving out? One one thing. Of all the people who have been yelling about this, I just want to say that no one has handled this in a classier way than Jordan Travis, who expressed mm. his disappointment and then turned around and said, hey, Jalen Milrow, go win it all, man. And I think there's a lot of adults in the room who could take a page out of his playbook and just take a deep <laughs> breath and everybody say, go on, man. Everybody figure it out. See who wins. I, I like angry Heather. And I, I like Henry Heather. Angry Heather is a good Heather. We don't get enough of that. Let's go. All right. Uh, Heather and Paul, stay close by. You're coming back with much more as we go. In the meantime, uh, we got the help on the way. 
We got the Eagles getting help on defense. Now their high-powered offense needs to step up before the biggest game of the year. How's that going to go? We'll find out next. I want to yell about